Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's hour two of VSIN Final Ooh, Countdown. You know what else oh, it is? Yeah. College what? basketball betting guide day. Heck yes, it is. 400 pages, which I'm going to read cover to cover. It's a PDF. You don't, can't read it cover to cover. But I'm going to read slide to slide, slide front, slide to back You're gonna slide. You're going to scroll it down. Yeah, scroll, scroll it on down. You're going to keep that pointer finger busy. Carpal tunnel <laughs> in this finger when, when it's all said and done, but it's happening. I'm pumped that it's finally released. I'm going to come in here tomorrow like producer Steph with that little hand, like, wrist guard on that she had to wear yeah. for, like, two weeks or whatever. <laughs> I like, forgot gonna, about yeah, that. I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, what happened? I'm going to be like, I, I, I got a basketball guy. We're going to have long. to post a photo of that on the socials. Yeah. Reminder, if you mm. want to join in on the conversation, tweet at us, at Storm Bonantoni, at Matt Brown M2, or at VSIN Live. Happy to, if you say something interesting, Even mean tweets, tweets, as long as they're funny. <laughs> like, even mean tweets, as long as they're funny. It just has to be interesting. Yeah. Has, it provides some sort of value, whether it's comedic, right. whether it's whatever. Like, all the people, when you when you DM me, and all you do is, is slur me, and call me a name, and whatever, like, that's not funny, and that's not, I'm not gonna read those. Or but just like, send those like, to me about him. Make it him. funny. Yeah, make it funny, and then it's, it'll be it'll be. It's read. way funnier if you send them to yeah. me about him. Um. <laughs> I was on this desk in a wig, and a spaghetti strap shirt too. I, I'm, I'll read a tweet if you think I did something stupid. It's just like don't you know? You make look it beautiful. Funny. Yeah, you look absolutely radiant, and don't let Matt Humans tell you otherwise. I, um, I feel pretty. Speaking of the college hoops guide, though, we're gonna have Vsin betting analyst Adam Burke on the desk with us a little bit later. Talk about the teams that he broke down for the guide. Get some perspective. He'll talk some college football with us as well. Um, you can always find his content at vsin.com, and it is. 
the Thursday night football game. Coming up tonight, the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Carolina. These two meeting again for the second time in just 10 days. The Falcons walked it off on an overtime field goal last time out. What happens today? TBD. But we've got some props to get into, don't we? What is with you in the... By the way, this line is heading to three. So if you want the two and a half, get back in go, on Carolina. Yeah, go, if you um, want the three, we're at one twenty now on the two and a half at DraftKings. It is one fifteen at every other book out there. So it seems like some late support here coming in on the Falcons. So if you want them at the expensive two and a half as opposed to the three. You need to get in on that now. According to our latest betting splits on vcin.com, Falcons getting 81% of the handle, 80% of bets where things sit right now. And that is updated every nine minutes, and you can head to vcin.com. Is it nine? It's not ten minutes? Uh, nine minutes? I think it's – here's the thing. It's it's ten, but I, I say nine. No one's going to know the difference. Mm. Yeah, it seems like it's just – It's just a doesn't weird doesn't number. That, doesn't it feel exponentially faster, though, like every nine minutes as opposed to every ten minutes? Agree to disagree. All right. Anyways, uh, when we look at tonight's game, I know one thing that we discussed early on. Can't win them all. <laughs> Can't win them all. Can't win them all. All right. Not prop, with you anyway. Prop watch. All right. Off we go. Yes. Okay. So we talked earlier today in the show about the, how run heavy the Atlanta Falcons are. Is that an area that you're focusing for props or what are you looking at here? Yeah. I mean, so I was leaning from a passing perspective. I was leaning towards the under on PJ Walker for the thing that I alluded to in the first segment of the show is if his ineptitude continues, then why would they not? put Baker Mayfield in the game. Like, I don't know how you could in, I don't know how you could feel good about betting an over on anything PJ Walker in this game, because I think that there is a, at, at least a coin flip chance that he doesn't play the entire game. I mean, we saw it just last week and it, look, if you gave, if you, if you sat there and you talked to every single one of those coaches on the sideline, like they would tell you Baker, he's not good, but he's definitely better than PJ Walker. And so, you know, they understand that that's their best chance of winning. I think that they're maybe not trying to win, which is why they're putting PJ Walker in. But I do believe that a halftime switch is, is at least somewhat likely. So for me, it would be from a passing perspective, anything under on PJ Walker. And I think even with, even if he does play the whole game, you still have a chance to, to get home with any of these numbers, because if there is, if there is weather concerns, we also know if there is anything that this Panthers offense has done at least somewhat well, it has been run the ball, so probably stick to what you're good at. So I think there's a couple of different ways for those to get home. How about Marcus Mariota? 157.5 seem a little bit high to you? I mean, you would think that they would just, you know, you would think that they would just sit there and do exactly what they've done all year long, which is just run 400 times a game. And Against a team 10, that but, has a bad run defense. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, look, it is it is their second meeting in, in a short amount of time, so maybe they're going to come out and, and try to, trick them by, you know, throwing right out of the gate or whatever. So uh, I didn't, I, I don't have a read on Mariota. So I, in what their plan is and game plan and stuff with him. So I just all year, I hadn't bet a Mariota prop in, in all season. That was the one game in their last, what is that? Six that went over that number was against mm -hmm. Carolina. That was the only time every other one stayed under the number. Okay. The question that I have for you, mm -hmm. um, do we think Cordero Patterson can make one catch and get me over seven and a half receiving yards. Just one catch is basically what you need to have this one come home. Just one catch. I mean, look, he's their by, he's by far their 
he's by far their their biggest weapon at this point. I mean, like eventually, you know, you'd like to think eventually London and Pitts will be that guy, but I mean that. Patterson does it all, right? Just I mean, he's, the he's their guy. He's their little Swiss Army knife. And so, like you said, it is, it's, at the seven and a half number, it's likely just one catch for him. He's probably likely going to just need one catch to get you to that seven and a half because he's going to probably catch it a couple of yards down the field and, and making a tackle on him in the open field is not the easiest thing. So, if you think you can get one, one, Un catch home. That's what I'm saying. With Cordero Patterson than the seven I and a half. I think we can get there. Minus 115. I'm just throwing it out there. I really, really like it. When I see a number that, that that's that small for a guy that's as dynamic as him with the ball in his hands, I'm just like, uh, okay, let's do it. The most bet props today, by the way, over at DraftKings, um, Patterson's rushing yards is one mm-hmm. of them. But Algier to go over his number, 32 and a half. Dante Foreman to go, Deontay Foreman to go over his number. Um, and Cordero Patterson's receiving yards was one of them as well. And I'm mad that I didn't get it over the six and a half because that's where it was earlier, which is really depressing that I missed that. I didn't even see it. And I saw seven and a half and I still wanted it. <laughs> the, uh, from a passing perspective, I mean, from a receiving perspective though, I mean, the, the Falcons defense gives up the most receiving, uh, the most passing yards per game of any team in the NFL. And if you look at their advanced metrics, I mean, again, they're, they're bottom three and just about every single thing that you look at um, from a passing defensive perspective. And so even though I don't think PJ Walker is very good, and I think that likely there's a chance that Baker Mayfield takes over. I kind of hope Baker Mayfield does take over in the second half because I did bet a Terrace Marshall over Mm. on his receptions of two and a half. And if you look, and we talked about this at the top of the show as well. So since they trade away Robbie Anderson, he's become an every down guy. He's running a route on nearly every single drop back for this team. And he is actually graded out by pro football focus as one of the top 20 receivers in the NFL over that stretch. And, you know, they spent a bunch of draft capital on the dude. They now that are giving him run, I think that they're going to try to utilize him a little bit more. I mean, we've seen him get utilized in this offense a little bit more over the last, uh, over the last few weeks as well. And so with that secondary that they have going on, I mean, they're still going to put, and it's all backups anyway. That's they're completely they're completely demolished from an injury standpoint. But whoever they consider to be their best guy is probably going to play on DJ Moore. So Terrace Marshall is going to get the second or third best guy, depending on whether they line him up outside or in the slot. And so I I, I kind of like the the receptions there. If you wanted to play the receiving yards, fine, I guess, but. There's a path to him making three catches and not getting to 36. So I like the receptions a little bit more than the yardage, but I don't I don't hate the yardage either. Especially if Baker does come in, then the yardage is certainly in play. If you think Baker's going to play tonight, then he'll throw the ball down the field. Like Baker's Baker's YOLO, right? I mean, he doesn't care. So. I like the way that you framed that earlier when I asked you about being surprised why being surprised that PJ Walker was the starter, not Baker Mayfield, was the the T word. Yes, just a little bit, maybe a little, a little T word. You know. Um, you know, reminder, what are, they, what, they, what are they driving the army? You know, just the, the T word, you know, the, you're that, that so weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very smooth on the, uh, on the, on the rushing side of things though, I will say, um, with Foreman, the, that number at 55 and a half, just keep in mind, again, we think we're getting Hubbard back tonight. And if they go back to the split that they were using before Hubbard got hurt, it was 60, 40 in favor of Hubbard as opposed to Foreman. And so if they go back to what they were doing before Hubbard got hurt, then we're probably only looking at like 10 to 12 carries for Foreman. So he would have to have a five yard plus Mm -hmm. average to kind of get over that number for the game. And so just kind of keep that in mind. If you, again, we don't know what their split's going to be. So it's, it's like all we have to go by is what it was before the injury. And so if they go back to what it was before, then we're talking like 10, 12 carries for Foreman at 56 yards 
on a rushing prop, he's going to have to average you, you know, five plus yards to, to get home on that. So keep that in mind as well. And I do, by the way, like we mentioned those most bet props, I understand the love for Algier. He had 99 yards last week with Patterson still in the fold, but I'm not sure if he comes back down to earth this week because I, I get the over 32 and a half a lot against this mm-hmm. rush defense. That's been really, really bad. 28th in yards allowed per per rush and uh, in touchdowns allowed on the ground. So it feels like a recipe for success on Atlanta. I feel like the more and more we talk about this game, I'm talking myself into the Falcons more, mm-hmm. which I don't like because I don't want to bet this. Like I said, I- I'm probably going to do a little bit of a little nibble on the first half. I think with the Falcons, yeah. I think, that, you know, again, it's I'm, I don't, I'm not a Baker believer or anything like that, but I mean, I, I if he comes in, look, he, he's going to have two competent receivers in more and, 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 and Marshall and uh, the worst secondary in all of the NFL. Right. I mean, like in it's a team that doesn't get any pressure on the quarterback. I mean, there's just so many different reasons to think that they would be able to move the ball. I mean, PJ Walker's just not any good. I mean, he's literally just, he's the, the, now that, now that Zach Wilson actually put together a decent game, like he's the worst quarterback in the NFL now. And so, um, I just have no confidence in in him, but I do have confidence in being able to move if they can put anybody else back there. Yeah, I like that play. Falcons minus one at minus 105 on DraftKings right now for the first half, minus 130 money line. The total sitting at 20 and a half. Slight juice to the under at minus 120 for those first half prices. We're going to step aside here real quick. A good reminder, though, if you liked these props here, there's even more options. If you download the Pro Football Betting Podcast, Danny Burke gets into his prop bets, breaks down the entire slate of good games. Make sure you check that out. But when we come back, we're going to get into some college hoops, get into some college football, continue the NFL talk when Adam Burke joins the program live at the South Point. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't supposed to be my dance. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool to the touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network. College Hoops is underway, and now is the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide at over 400 pages. It's our biggest betting guide ever with odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis on every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson and Matt Humans, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, a breakdown of all 60 coaching changes since last season as well. And the only way to get the guide is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just 99 bucks. Get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do all the way through the Super Super Bowl. Sign up today at vcin.com. 132.01 Canadian. It is on sale today, essentially. 132.01. You are saving a couple of toonies today, friends up north. Make your purchase. And a reminder, of course, these aren't all cart anymore. You got to get them by becoming a full VEASAN Pro Access subscriber. And we mentioned Matt Humans and Greg Hoops Peterson, but there were so many incredible contributors to make this guide possible, um, including Adam Burke, who is on the desk with us now. And Adam, you covered the SEC and the A-10. And with as I feel like every time anybody comes up here on the desk, I'm just asking, like, how do you find the time because you're writing daily articles for the website. You're covering multiple sports. How did you find the time? Well, I got a lot of practice and efficiency when it comes to writing. That definitely helps. But I mean, you see the the contraption that Mr. Matt Brown has here with three screens. You need a spaceship. Screens. That's you need, how you'll you get it done. You need a second screen, honestly, so that you're not clicking back and forth all the time and all that. Maybe even a third screen. But uh, going to the second screen a couple of, a few years ago was maybe the smartest decision I've ever made in my life. I don't know how people. I, I honestly, when people tell me that they work in this business and they only have one, I, I my jaw drops. I'm like, right. I don't know how you do it. I don't. No, I, agree. I don't. I, don't, I, don't I agree 100. So that helps. You know, being able to have all the information I need on one screen, being able to do all the writing on the other screen. It helps, especially because I got two of the longer conferences: the SEC and the A10. Mm-hmm. 14 teams in each one of those. So. 
you know, it's a, uh, we'll call it a labor of love, that guide that's out there. It's a phenomenal piece of work that everybody did a great job with, as you mentioned. But, yeah, I had the SEC and the A-10, and it was like an interesting season in both of those conferences. Yeah, let's start with the SEC because they obviously had a breakthrough regular season last year, a lot of success, a lot of name brands that we were talking about throughout the course of the year, and then the tournament comes and things start to fall apart. Most notably, of course, Kentucky, who is the favorite to win the SEC this year, going down early in embarrassing fashion for Coach Cal's squad. What do you make of of the Wildcats at the top and how you think overall some of these SEC teams are going to perform throughout the course of the season? Yeah, I mean, look, for, for Kentucky, you know, and a lot of this came down to seeding, really. What happened in the conference tournament and then where these teams wound up getting seeded in the NCAA tournament, where Kentucky just unfortunately – had to run into St. Peter's, who had that Cinderella run. And look, Kentucky didn't shoot well. They were 4 for 15 from three in the game against St. Peter's. They didn't shoot well against Tennessee in the SEC tournament championship game. Pushed them down to a two line. And then, of course, they run into St. Peter's. This is still a really, really good Kentucky team. There's a lot of good teams in the SEC, actually, where to me, I don't think it would be a surprise if any of the top four teams were able to win this conference Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, or Alabama. Alabama is a team that I focused on quite a bit in the college basketball guide because last year they took a lot of threes and they didn't make them two years ago. They took a lot of threes and they made a lot of them. So that's really the big thing for Alabama. Do they have shooters? Is Nate Oates able to find guys that can hit those perimeter jump shots? If he does, I think this is a team that has a very, very high ceiling 50 to one to win the NCAA tournament, eight to one to win the conference. I don't think it's a bad bet at this point in time. So these middling teams, you talked about the top four there in Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Alabama. Kentucky plus 180 to win the conference, 330 on Tennessee, 350 on Arkansas, and then 8-1 to one on Alabama. You get in that next tier, Auburn, Florida, A&M, LSU, which is 12, 18, 25, and then 35 to 1. Of those middle-tier teams right there, are, one, do you think any of them could put themselves into true contention? And two, of those middle-tier teams, which one do you like the best? Yeah, you know what? I really enjoyed writing about the SEC, not because there are a lot of good teams, not just because there are a lot of good teams, but also because there were some interesting coaching changes for this upcoming season, one of them being Florida. So Florida hired Todd Golden, who was at the University of San Francisco, and that's a guy that kind of coaches from an NBA mindset, right? He's very analytics-driven. They shoot a lot of threes. They make a lot of shots at the rim. They sell out to defend the three-point line which is really interesting in this conference because you have some teams that shoot a lot of threes. You have some teams that are kind of inefficient from three. So Florida's a really fascinating team for me. But I think the one I like, and maybe this will be music to your ears, I think LSU could be pretty good this year. I think Matt McMahon, who they hired from Murray State, could end up being a really, really good coach for this program. Obviously, Will Wade embroiled in scandal, as we know. Mm -hmm. That was a talented team. But yeah. now they've got more stability. They've got a proven winner of a head coach at the mid-major level. I think LSU is a team that has a pretty high ceiling in this conference as well. Okay, so you made him happy. Can you make me happy? I was a huge fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks last year. Eric Musselman going into his fourth year. He's got a couple of elite eight appearances under his belt now, but you lose J.D. Note and Jalen Williams to the NBA draft. Their defenses we know have been good. Are they going to take a step forward this year with another really good recruiting class, or do you think they take a step back? I'm going to have a bailout answer for you and say, I don't know, because this is one of the youngest teams in the country. They're going to be very, very freshman heavy in their starting five. And Eric Musselman, a guy that also believes quite a bit in analytics. So we'll see if he can get these freshman players to buy in. I mean, this is a team where they have so much young talent and 
Nick Smith is thought to be maybe the top incoming freshman in the country, 24-7 sports, actually had him as the number one recruit in this 2022 class. So Arkansas does have a high ceiling, but I don't know how quickly they can get to that ceiling. You know, when you think about teams that have a lot of success with freshmen, the Kentuckys, the Dukes of the world, the Blue Bloods, quote-unquote, they're kind of used to that, you know, sort of turnover year in and year out. Arkansas necessarily isn't. So I want to see how Musselman does with a really, really young team to get them to buy in. But from a talent standpoint, they may have the absolute highest ceiling in the SEC. It's just a matter of how quickly they can actually get there. So if we look at these kind of the bottom of the barrel here, whenever we get to the Mississippi States, Missouri's, Vanderbilt's, Georgia, South Carolina's of the world. I mean, hey, Georgia had some big upset wins last year. Okay. Typically, typically one team that we look at that we think is going to totally stink ends up being okay. Ish. Is there any of these teams that you look at and say, all right, you know what? If things broke right, if this player plays, you know, to his 90th percentile or whatever, I I could see this team being all right. Yeah, I think Mississippi State maybe is that team mm-hmm. here in the SEC because they hired Chris Jans from New Mexico State. And I think coaching matters so much in college basketball, particularly when you look at what a team looks like in November and then what they start to look like in February and March. And if you've got a really good coach, I think that's a situation where a team can can kind of outperform relative to its expectations. I think Mississippi State could be that team. I mean, they were a really solid team defensively last year. We know New Mexico State was really good defensively with Chris Jans as well. If he can instill that in this team, which is largely built on transfers, and a lot of these SEC teams towards the bottom of the barrel are, they kind of attack that transfer portal really aggressively. If Mississippi State is the team that has the right transfers that fit the puzzle pieces, then I think that's a team that you know could end up being you know maybe a, a six seed, seven seed, something like that come SEC tournament time. How come South Carolina's women's team just continues to be the top-ranked team in the country year in and year out? They're playing for national titles, and South Carolina men's hoops is just as bottom of the barrel as they come right now. Well, it helps to want to play for Dawn Staley. You know, I mean, she's she's one of the best coaches in all of basketball, not just women's college basketball, so that helps. But I do think the Gamecocks are on the rise, really, in general. I mean, the football program is on the rise with Shane Beamer. He's doing a better job with recruiting. They're already bowl eligible in early November, which is – not been the case for some of their last few seasons, but they also hired Lamont Paris this year. It was at Chattanooga last yeah, year, UTC. A very good Chattanooga team. And I think Lamont Paris is a guy that's going to fit in really nicely here. They got Gigi Jackson, one of the top freshmen in the country. It's not easy. I think for South Carolina to recruit from a basketball standpoint, but when they get a guy like Jackson, that can be a leader for them. And they've got some excitement here with a new head coach. Again, I think just on the whole, athletics really looking up for the University of South Carolina. And and that's a team that I think they're probably a year away, depending on if Jackson sticks around. But that's a team I feel like that could maybe next year post a 500 record in conference play, something like that. Adam, so as we look here from the SEC, I mean, Kentucky's 9-1 to to win it all. They're co-favorites with Carolina and Gonzaga and Houston. Now you go down a little bit further, Arkansas's 15. You get Tennessee at 25 uh, you said Alabama, though, with a wide range of outcomes, certainly if uh, variance kind of goes in their way like it did two years ago, they're sitting at 50 to one. Is there any of these teams that with a little bit longer shot, Tennessee 25, like I mentioned, that maybe you would worth worth putting a ticket in? I, I can't do it with Tennessee mm-hmm. because Rick Barnes is so bad in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. I mean, he's basically a 500 coach. And he's slightly below 500 in the NCAA tournament, despite having good teams at Texas, despite having a really good team at Tennessee last year. That's definitely a concern for me. 
again, I, I look for you know upside. I look mm-hmm. for teams where you know if I take an Alabama at fifty to one, do I expect them to be maybe twenty five to one by January, something mm-hmm. like that? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make price plays that are going to gain some equity as the season goes along. And I think Alabama could be one of those mm-hmm. teams. Like Arkansas could be one of those teams, but fifteen to one is is still a fairly short price. Uh, so. You know, the, the only one that I think I'd kind of shy away from that mid-tier is Auburn, who just mm-hmm. lost a lot losing Jabari Smith last year. All right. Really, really good stuff. You're going to stick around, though, for one more segment. We can talk some college football. Sounds good to me. What a guy. Um, great stuff. We did not give the A-10 their due, so maybe when we come back, you can tell me just who you have to win that conference before we get to college football. But stick around with us. We've got more action to get into, especially with regard to Thursday night football coming up between the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons. Don't go anywhere. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to VSIN Final Countdown. Stormy Bonantoni and Matt Brown with you. Joined today by Adam Burke, which make sure you go to VSIN.com right now and check out this awesome new article he posted earlier this week on college football situational betting spots for week 11. He highlights games with heightened importance and gives you the insight into how to bet each one, one of which is the Fresno State Bulldogs paying a visit oh. to the UNLV Rebels. Thought you're going to make it easy on our listeners to give them the URL in which they could find the, the article. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, okay, full disclosure, for the for the VEASAN++ subscription, we were reading out. I said, what would it be like if I just really gave people websites by reading it out? HTTPS colon backslash backslash. It's, <laughs> no, it's very long. It, it would take half the segment, and uh, I think it would be hilarious. Then day. we would make time. We should do it on like a holiday when no one's listening anyway because they're just with their families like on a holiday we're just going to read out every single every letter yeah. and things like that. yeah that's, that's the way we get through yep. um but hey this fresno state team went on a little bit of a tailspin earlier in the season when jake hayner got injured um and now things are really starting to come together they're taking advantage of the schedule won four straight games he's been back the last two and their offenses looked completely different with him out there are they able to cover the near double digit spread here against the rebs yeah, I like Fresno State here coming up against UNLV. And, and UNLV is a team that uh, they've just really fallen off the face of the earth. They were 4-1 and one to start the year, and their only loss was a close loss to Cal, a Cal team that's you know hung in there with USC, played real well against Notre Dame, things like that. But UNLV's dropped four straight. They've been outscored 140-45 to 45 in those four games. Jake Hayner, since coming back, 721 yards, 78% completion percentage, seven touchdown passes. Kid's the real deal. And, I mean, look, he upgrades Fresno State so much. My line on this game is Fresno State minus 12. So a little bit of power ratings value to take the Bulldogs here laying the 9.5 against UNLV. Purdue and Illinois. Illinois, a a 6.5-point home favorite, a total of 45. And you are willing to take Illinois here at under the touchdown. Yeah, and I think that this is is actually a little bit of a surprising play for me because Mm -hmm. typically when you get a fairly sized favorite in a game with a low total, I generally don't want to play them. But we have a couple of things going on here in this game. The first is Illinois was the right side last week against Michigan State. I know they lost that game 23-15, to but they outgained the Spartans by almost 150 yards. Illinois was one for six on fourth down. They had all kinds of self-inflicted wounds, all kinds of problems that you know just prevented them from winning the game. Purdue last week when they played Iowa, extreme wind. There was a lot of extreme wind in the Big Ten last week. 
the wind won't be as extreme this week, but Purdue has to throw the football with Aiden O'Connell to have success. I think it's going to be a little bit difficult for them to do that here once again this week. Illinois, second in the country in yards per play allowed. Last week, they played Iowa, who's number one, and Purdue did nothing in that game. So I don't expect Purdue to do anything in this game. I think Illinois wins and covers at uh, six and a half there. Can I talk anyone into a Memphis minus seven tonight in the American Athletic Conference? Bueller? Uh, anyway, I'll take that as a no. I don't okay. know. You, you saw Memphis last week. What did yes. you think of them? So this is why I think that they're in a good spot. They were way more competitive with UCF than I anticipated them being, full disclosure. And when you look at Tulsa and Memphis tonight, I feel like you're like, okay, this is going to be a pretty ugly game. Both of them are losing a lot of games right now. It's not good. But they have also played some of the upper echelon teams in the American in close games largely. Like Memphis, after a 4-1 and one start, has lost four straight, all of which were by a touchdown. And it was against Houston, ECU, Tulane, UCF. Tulsa, Tulsa most recently lost to Tulane, but they had Ole Miss on their schedule. Cincinnati, Navy, who's a tough offense to prepare for, and SMU, who's just been scoring at a ridiculous rate lately. Um, I feel like Memphis is the better team in this one. I'm down laying the touchdown. The only thing that's really challenging, well, I mean, there are a lot of things that are kind of challenging about this game, but the one thing that's really challenging is Tulsa's head coach, Philip Montgomery, is not forthcoming at all whatsoever with injury information. We don't know if Davis Brin's going to play tonight. If Davis Brin plays, he's a significant upgrade yeah. over what Tulsa has at quarterback. He's the a game-time decision right The line now. kind of implies to me that he's probably not going to with Memphis being that big of a favorite, but – We'll wait and see if we get any kind of clarity on that. As I'm sure that's frustrated you before being a sideline reporter yes. and not having injury information. Many a time, uh, Exhibit A, Michael Pratt earlier this season, the quarterback for Tulane, we weren't sure whether or not he was going to go against Houston on a Friday night game, and he was warming up with his left hand. So I shot a note up to the booth and was like, hey, guys, I don't think that he's going <laughs> to play today after all. Um, but with this one, like, yeah, he's dealing with a shoulder injury, but their offense is just largely so one-dimensional to begin with. I feel like as long as Memphis can stop the run, they'll be in good shape here. Their offense has, I mean, Memphis's offense has been going off lately, very productive, averaging 284 and a half pass yards per game, 421 total yards, scoring 33.9 points per game. So I'm rolling with Memphis. That's my one college football bet of the day. Georgia Southern is getting three and a half at Louisiana. That's the other game coming up tonight as well. Um, as far as some of these bigger games, did you have any interest on the slate with the Alabama Ole Miss going head to head? Um, LSU taking on Arkansas, TCU, Texas, any of those? Well, you mentioned the LSU Arkansas game. That's clearly in the situational spots article. I mean, that's as obvious as it comes with LSU beating Alabama walk off fashion on the two point conversion last week and Arkansas losing to Liberty at home. Not a great look for the Razorbacks, but that's a game that I wrote about in that situational article. Look, I. I don't know if this is a great play or not, but I kind of had a gut feeling, and you can back it up with a little bit of the stats that are out there. I took Alabama and Ole Miss under 63 and a half. You know, Ole Miss is a team that runs the football. That's what they want to do. I don't think Lane Kiffin fully trusts Jackson Dart as a passer. They want to run the ball right into the teeth of this Alabama defense, and Alabama's corners are what's very vulnerable. Their corners and their safeties on deep balls. We saw Tennessee exploit that in that head-to-head meeting. So I think Ole Miss, if they run the football too much in this game, will play to Alabama's defensive strength. And on the other hand, you know, Ole Miss, a pretty decent defensive team. Alabama doesn't have a lot of talent at the wide receiver position. Jameer Gibbs has caught a lot of passes this year for them. I think the under 63 and a half was, was under 63 and a half, under 64 and a half uh, is the play in this one. I know there have been some high scoring games in the past, but I don't think this is one of them. 
Over to the NFL, and you and I on the same bet here. I also took the Sea Chickens as three-point <laughs> underdogs over in Munich. Uh, there are two and a halfs out there right now. There are still some threes. So as we say all the time, shop around depending on which side you want to go on with this one. But listen, I mean, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And the Seahawks team, I think, is actually good. And I certainly think that this defense is playing much, much, much better over the last month of the season. And I just don't have a ton of confidence in this Buck squad. I agree 100%. I mean, obviously, try to find a three if you can. I know there are two and a halfs out there on Seattle. Try to find a three even if you pay a little bit more on it. I also think sprinkling the money line with Seattle is is definitely worth I did it that here as well <laughs> with with this with this short number. I mean, look, Seattle over the last four weeks, I think they're sixth in drop back success rate was what I saw today, and we know that the Buccaneers cannot run the football, and for the most part, they only try on first down when everyone knows it's coming. They're very predictable from a play calling standpoint. But Seattle's gotten better over the last few weeks here. In fact, they're second in EPA per play over the last four weeks, trailing only the Patriots. So the Seattle defense has gotten better. The running game's gotten better since Kenneth Walker's taken over. Geno Smith's played well all year long. I I don't want to say the wrong team's favored, but I, I don't I don't understand the threes that are still available out there. And also just to back up your guys' money line sprinkle content, I found some information online that if you like the dog to cover the spread, the money line might be the way to go this season. Dogs have covered 75 times this year. In 54 of those games, they've won the game outright. So the spreads only mattered a little over 16% of the time because either the favorite wins and covers or the underdog is winning straight up. So Some inf- information did, did just come through in this game, actually. Uh, Russell Gage did not make the trip over with them. Uh, that said, Antoine Winfield did clear concussion protocol so that's a pretty big boost for their defense I thought for sure with him having to go over there that was not going to be the case but he is going to uh, play in this game but they'll be without Russell Gage and they'll also be without uh, their starting guard as well well you two were both simpatico in the Seattle Seahawks wager we are both very like-minded in the Chicago Bears this week and I am seeing two and a halfs out there now particularly live on DraftKings for the Bears hosting the Detroit Lions this week. Speaking of situational spots, do you think that the Lions are in for a little bit of a letdown after beating the Packers? I think it's certainly possible. I, I And also, I think they're in for a letdown because they're going outside. They've only played one true outdoor game so far this year. They played three road games. One was in Minnesota where they have a dome. The other one was at Texas Stadium down in or whatever Jerry World is yeah. called now. Um, <laughs> they went outside. They played the Patriots. They got shut out in that game. And... Jared Goff, we all know the talk about the small hands and, you know, his stats playing outdoors and playing in cooler weather are not particularly strong. I know the Bears defense isn't very good, but when you look at the Lions here, in 307 plays at home this season, they've scored 20 offensive touchdowns. In 196 plays on the road, they've scored three offensive touchdowns. I don't expect them to score much in this Mm -hmm. game, and the Bears have unlocked Justin Fields. They've completely figured it out. I think the Bears are the right side here in this game. It's going to be a little bit windy as well, which should help when you've got a really mobile quarterback like Justin Fields who doesn't have to try to throw the ball downfield. Uh, the Bears, I thought this was fascinating. First six games of the year, they scored 93 points. Last three games, they've scored 94. Mm-hmm. They've figured it out. I think the Bears are, are absolutely the play this week. You're, yep. you're on the over here in that Jaguars-Chiefs game. Do you have any thoughts real quick on the Falcons-Panthers happening here in a couple hours? Uh, Demir Bird over 12 and a half receiving yards. I think, you know, one catch, he's kind of the deep threat, de facto deep threat for the Falcons. So I like that one. And as you said, on the over for the Chiefs and Jags. We'll wrap up our thoughts on Thursday night football as well when we come back, give you the lowdown for other actions going on in the NBA and NHL as well. But Adam, appreciate you as always. Always good to be here.
Adam Burke, like he is always every Thursday on VEASAN Final Countdown. Same time, same place next week. Don't miss him. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game. game. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
sports are in full swing. Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. You got to check out these promotions. They've got the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Friday Night College Football Bet and Get, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and a whole lot more. Head to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game. See, it's better when I don't say the www.betrivers.com backslash all the things. It just takes too much time, right? I would I would say, you know, like I said, I think we should work it in every now and then and see what the response is. Listen, people right. can tweet at us. Well, let's see if anybody says As long says as Twitter's anything. still a thing. I mean, if you read Twitter, <laughs> Twitter's apparently got like six weeks left and it's done so. We have uh, four games coming up in the association tonight. Uh, larger spreads for the most part. This Atlanta Hawks 76ers game, a short spread. Hawks favored by just one, so a virtual pick them there. But take us through it. 7-10 Eastern, Mavs and the Wizards. Mavs are five-and-a-half-point road favorites over the Wizards. 209 is your total. 740 Eastern, the 76ers and the Hawks, as you just mentioned. Hawks just a point favorite at home, and that does have a little bit of juice on it, so could make it to one-and-a-half. 222 is your total. Hornets and the Heat at 740 Eastern. We've got the Heat as 11-point home favorites over the Hornets, 214 the total, and then we have the Pelicans and the Blazers tonight game. Everyone will be tuning into a couple of fun teams to watch play. Pelicans are nine-point home favorites here over the Blazers. 222 is the total there. Um, There's 10 games in the National Hockey League coming up tonight as well, so pick your poison. Dogs have been barking lately. Um, A couple notable ones here. Puck drop at 4.05 Pacific 7 Eastern, the Flames and Bruins. Going head-to-head, the Bees have won eight of their 11 games on the puck line. So if you're looking for ways to buy in on the Bruins at home, maybe that's the way you look. Do you have that relationship with them where you can call them the Bees? Like, do you have, that, bees. Re- do you have that relationship with them? I didn't, are y'all, y'all that tight? You know I, how you just call, call someone by the first name? Everybody calls them that. Yes. That's not just me. Okay, well, that's a thing. All right, I didn't know. Is that, aye, like, aye, is aye. that like a we? No, that's not the same at all. all It's a completely different thing. You are tripping. A total in that game, sitting six, the Oilers and Hurricanes going head-to-head tonight. Edmonton plus 125. Oilers are 2-0 as a road dog this season. Now in Carolina, uh, another one that was intriguing to me as far as a puck line bet goes, looking at the Blackhawks and Kings, the LA Kings 5-1 and one, their last six when favored by minus 250 or more. They're a minus 265 home favorite tonight. All of those wins, though, have been on the puck line, so another good way to get some value on bets. Also want to give a shout-out to avid listener and hockey better Jonathan Davis. Always good at dropping some of those stats and nuggets our way. Um, also, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but the mm-hmm. World Cup is upon us. Soccer! <laughs> yes, it's upon us, and we're going to have our World Cup betting guide, like we have the College Hoops guide that's come out, the NBA guide that's come out. The, the, the World Cup guide is coming out on November 17th. But this is actually where we came our pro tip, because producer Steph has been nailing it. She likes the soccer? She has... She is this likes, what's going on here? She likes information is what I have learned. Or so she, like she wants to find her side. Foot, do you think football? she's a soccer or a football girl? I think she says soccer. All right. She's, a, she's an American gal. Yeah. Um, but our pro tip this hour, and again, they are searchable by sport and by show. This one, with regards to betting the World Cup, maybe don't go crazy on long shots to win it all, whereas we don't usually say that about some other sports. But the last time a team won it all with opening odds higher than seven to one was 1982. It was Italy. They were 11 to one. 
This year, there's only five teams that are even under that 10 to one. So the favorites tend to have more success when it comes to the World Cup, which makes sense. Yes. If we are looking here at the very top of the board, will you be betting any of the favorites? Will you be betting Brazil, Argentina, Argentina, uh, France, Spain, England? All of them are under 10 to one. Mm. Nah. No. I have to wait till the guide comes out. Uh, that's a, you know what? What a great, what a company gal. I mean, right there. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything until the. I trust, actually, no. So I listen to Follow the Money pretty regularly. And uh, Nigel Seeley is on the program. He always seems to be on a heater. He's a major contributor to the guide. So I will be looking out for what Nigel is betting. If you had to blindly, the then, if you just should any of those that are on the board right now and you can't pick the USA, I would go England. Okay. I'm going to take. I can understand their interviews. We'll do a last longer. Let's do it. We'll do a last longer. We're just going to. Okay. So I have blindly. Okay. We'll do it. My blind pick is England. Who's your blind pick? And I'll keep mine relatively in the same bracket as yours so that I don't. I'm not going to take the favorite favorite. Okay. You know, because that'd be messed up. Yeah, that would be messed up. Okay. Then I'll take Spain. There it is. They're the same odds. Wow. 8.50. Okay. There it is. I'll take Spain. Steph, write it down. Lock it in. The blind last longer (laughs) bet. We'll 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 do the terms at some point next week as to what this is. Maybe some Modellos or. are involved Ooh, or something I love like that. that. Yeah. What's your so drink of choice? I'm kind of a kind of a kind of a vodka vodka soda guy. You okay. know, you know. You like a little like citrus a little, in there? Do like you put little, a little like wine? Like a little red wine. Little, little red, red wine. Red wine on an know. airplane, I bet. That's Not what you're it, doing on your trip. It is. <laughs> yes, it is. It is okay, sure. uh, Thursday night football mm-hmm. upon us coming up tonight in the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers going head-to-head with the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this spot. There have been some threes popping. Total 41-and-a-half. Your final thoughts ahead of the primetime action tonight. Yeah, this is a game in which, again, I understand the low total is is a little scary low, but I, I still lean towards the under in this thing. Overall, teams are pretty familiar with each other, saw each other very, very short time ago. And plus, I just don't believe in either one of these offenses. I know the Falcons' advanced stats will tell you that this offense has been great. I don't know how sustainable it is to run at the rate that they run at and think that it's going to always produce, you know, success, which it has again so far. And, and it's, will the regression happen tonight? Maybe not. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and, and say this is definitely happening, but I am not buying in completely. And I'm also not completely buying into this Panther defense being just got awful terrible. Like maybe they weren't the upper 12 unit we thought kind of entering the season, but they got to be middle of the pack or at least, at least like, upper, lower, you know, like, or whatever. I mean, they can't be literally one of the bottom three defenses in the, in the league. So I, I, I think that we will see a lower scoring kind of gross game here. And, and like I said, I'm, I have a pretty decent lean towards the Falcons. Like you were saying that you do as well. And I, I, I do like it. I think a little bit better on the, on the first half as I do the second half. And as I was explaining, I, I do believe that there's a non-zero chance. And I actually believe that there's probably a coin flip chance that we see someone other than P.J. Walker tonight at quarterback. And if that's the case, anybody back there is an upgrade to what he is. I think he's probably the worst quarterback in the league right now. And so that what, that's what makes me scared is the backdoor situation. Even if they're down double digits heading into the second half, and if you have to sling it all over the yard in the second half, they do have D.J. Moore, they do have Terrace Marshall, and you're going up against a Falcons secondary that's completely ravaged by injuries, doesn't have anybody out there. You're literally facing third and fourth stringers. Mm-hmm. And so – uh, that that scares me a tad, right? That for the full game on the uh, on the Falcons. So oftentimes, when we have teams that have met in close proximity to each other, these two have played just ten days ago. It's 
good normally to like look at that game and see how they mm. played each other. I don't feel like there's as much as you can take from that no, game. No, that was an outlier. But these teams are not going to score that many points tonight. Like, like that it is feels just, like a com- yeah, it just feels yeah. like a completely different game. So I kind of want to bet this the way that I initially anticipated mm. betting Atlanta last time when they were a four-point favorite taking on Carolina. They only won by the field goal. It was the walk-off in overtime after the crazy fourth quarter shenanigans mm-hmm. that went down with DJ Moore and the helmet and the whole thing. But yeah, like that was my. That was something that I had a lot of trouble with when I was trying to handicap this game and go into the way that I wanted to bet it is trying to get that game out of my head because that's that's not the way that I see this playing out. Yeah, and, and some some threes are starting to pop here on the Falcons, and so I, there are some people who are coming in with some money on this team, and I think that you know there's probably a lot of what you're saying. Like I, I think that there's top to bottom, it's just a better team. I mean, I understand that the defense for Carolina, at least on paper, should be better, but they have not produced anything really that much better than the Falcons on field so far this year. And I think there's no question as to the Falcons' offense has been better than the Panthers' offense has been over the course of the season. So these two-and-a-halves kind of starting to go away. So, again, if you are if you want the two-and-a-half on the Falcons, I imagine it'll ping-pong a little bit. There'll probably be some people who will take the three on the home team, especially in a game with only a 41-and-a-half total, right? I mean, that's just like there's. it's very tempting to take the full field goal in a game with such an incredibly low total. And as far as the first half goes, with it being the two and a half, you're still just laying the one on that mm-hmm. on that first half number. So you're getting a little bit of value there. Did you have any interest on the first half total since you think it's being lower scoring or is the 20 and a half two on the nose? It's right on for yeah. me. So I just kind of leave I just kind of leave that one alone. All right. Don't blame you at all. Any final props that you want to settle in on before the show is? No, I mean, like I said, I played the Terrace Marshall over two and a half receptions. That is basically just ba- based on his increased workload for this team. And he's running a route basically on every single drop back. And so a um, couple of different ways for that to get home. One, just he just gets targeted a lot. And then two, if they get behind in this thing and have to completely abandon the run, then I think they have to throw the ball a whole lot more. He's going to have a pretty easy uh, – he's going to have a pretty easy yeah. matchup because, again, he's going to get cornerback four, cornerback five, you know, in, in this in this matchup. Real quick news, no um, no Matthew Stafford today for the Rams. Yeah. So, he, he ain't going. Figured as much. He ain't going. Well, that's what happens when you yeah. enter concussion protocol on a Wednesday – which is so bizarre. We know that they're taking these things more serious than ever. Um, The only other thing I was contemplating for tonight's game is the Cordero Patterson over seven and a half receiving yards. Get me one catch. There we go. Get me one catch, my guy. Enjoy the game on Amazon Prime tonight and stick around on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN Prime Time coming up next. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. 
Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max.